Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our scenario is entitled Homecoming. It was written by Thomas McKeon, who is also our GM. This is episode five, and I will be giving the recap as Clifton Hawk. So without further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. If darkness has a flavor, it's becoming my favorite. Light is good, and it deserves to exist. I I even think it should be protected and preserved, but it's bland and uh, almost tasteless. I've become addicted to something far more spicy. That doesn't make me evil, does it? This case turned spicy real fast, and I'm as giddy as a schoolgirl. Let's review. Timothy and Samantha Tucker seem on the surface to have been a nice couple. They have loyal friends, people who like them. She's pregnant with his child, I assume. They've been fixing up a nursery. Old Timmy uh, is an architect and an artist who sadly landed right on the edge of something dark and sinister. We found a book in his study, (laughs) goddamn book, filled with Arabic and diagrams. Mm. I suppose if the book was cursed, uh, all hell would have broken loose. It still might before the end of all this. Anyway, Timmy went missing on uh, March 18th, the day after he wrote a big check to someone named W. Darby, uh, who we've kind of determined is not in New York City. Following his disappearance, his sister and brother arrived to begin the search. Best guess is that uh, Arthur Tucker found out something about the true nature of the dark connection here and went off his nut. The result was a glorious mess. All over the penthouse bathroom, I nearly kicked the beam. When you live in the darkness, the light can confuse you. For a while, I felt that nothing really made any clear sense. Then uh, Tommy Anderson pipes up. He reminds us that so far, the people were, were, uh, that we're, we're talking to, they seem like really nice people. His gut tells him that Timmy's a good man, and it seems more likely he uncovered something naughty going on at work. Uh, it's the bad guys who are looking for him. We had an accountant take a quick look at that ledger we found, and his eyes nearly popped out of his skull. Hmm. Now there's a mental image for you. In keeping with Tommy's hypothesis, Timmy didn't like what was going on at work and was going to expose the dirty dealings. Either that or he was told to hide the ledger. Whatever the case may be, old Timmy was either bumped off or he's gone into hiding. I grilled his neighbor, his best friend, Ralph Morgan, about it. And I think he's telling the truth when he says he has no idea where Tim might be. We're all tempted to bluff our way into the municipal municipal building, Uh, though to be honest, I, I doubt anything is there that hasn't already been washed and dried by the people who work there, especially if the bad guys know that Tim was involved. If the criminals are the ones in charge, then Timmy was a fool to run. By running, he's left a clear trail straight to his home. 
if they're looking for uh, the guy who stole their incriminating ledger and then one of their employees disappears, you can bet which direction they'll be going in. I think they already did. Everyone, including us, is under surveillance. In fact, I think by now they're getting kind of lazy and they just want us to find him. We'll do the dirty work for them. We got Union Trust looking for uh, the location of Darby. That's going to take a couple of days. There was one little thing, a shadow, a phantasm, something that my dark mind ties to the book and the blood and the thing that calls out to me at night. The little Morgan girl told us that Timothy Tucker used to walk out into his yard at night and just stare at the fence, probably stare into nothingness. He was troubled or, or in trouble, and he knew his happy life was over. He was trapped, not just by the fence, but by circumstances beyond his control, and he needed to work out a plan of escape. He knew what he would be leaving behind, a pregnant wife carrying his child, a child he may never see, a happy home, friends who loved him. That's what it's like when the light fades. We all die alone and in the dark. Part of me feels sorry for him. Part of me hopes that he'll return to his wife, live to see his own kid grow up, paint his little pictures part of me chuckles at the tragedy. That kind of shit is so far removed from my life that it seems almost alien. If hell is waiting for me at the end of all of this, I won't be in the least bit surprised. All right. So you guys are leaving the accountant's office. You've just stepped out of the building onto the sidewalk Cars are running through the street. There are people. It's, it's a crowded sidewalk. It's around 4.30. That's what we, you guys went around 4 to the accountant's office. So it's around 4.30. Uh, Thompson is not with you. Um, Thompson, uh, last episode, you weren't here. So we kind of took it upon ourselves to assume that you were looking through the book of the beyond. Okay, <clears throat> sounds good. It sounds like something I would do it in anyway. Okay, so we'll reintroduce you at some point. Um, yeah, take your time. As for the others, what would you like to do? You've just left the accountant's office. Um, what's next? Tom, you are muted. So uh, aside from Henry, we're all together. Uh, uh, where is Marcus Finley? Is he back at the house well you guys didn't actually go back to the house but you can assume he's probably there okay um guys something's been bothering me uh i think that we need to find out the get the police report on everything that took place up in that uh, apartment according to the the new york city detective um because that's what we were originally involved in, and that seems to have been sort of swept under the carpet. Uh, the thing is, is that Marcus Finley's the one who kind of swept that under the carpet for us. 
he's also involved in this case, and we've started to realize that people are looking for him. Marcus doesn't have a lot of money. What if the corrupt bad guys got to Marcus and he's just watching what's going on? I'm not so sure that that he didn't have something to do with Arthur's murder. There's just, I, he's got to be involved in some way. In some bad way, I think. Maybe not, but he's sure in a convenient spot. Well, with a guy like that, I can't help but wonder whether, you know, is, is he just working for the family? Is he maybe working for someone else as well? Well, that's I, just it. Double agent. Yeah, I mean, why if he was knows... he downstairs? Why was he downstairs while Arthur was being murdered upstairs? Why was he sneaking around? His reaction too, when uh, when Arthur was killed, just sort of like, "Oh, Arthur." It's just, it just, and and why why were we uh, kind of pushed out? of that whole thing. Now he tells us that the police are corrupt, but then maybe he just doesn't want us to go to the police. To interject, um, Fowler, who has interacted with the police, knows for a fact that they're corrupt. Yes, they are corrupt. Yeah, but the police are hundreds of people. They can't all be corrupt. Well, remember, one bad apple will spoil the whole crop well the new york correct correct me if i'm wrong but because i was out i was out on the balcony when uh when finley came in but um from the reaction i i saw when i i came in and he was on the phone it seemed like he didn't really press the issue of any of us being responsible for the murder, if it was a murder. No, that's true. He seemed quite relaxed about the whole presence of a dead body as well. So there's something there. Second, th- third, uh, we need to know what to do with the ledger. Now, have we told Finley that we have the ledger? I don't think we did. And honestly, I don't want to tell Finley. And you showed Bethany and Samantha the ledger, but you said, what is this? Do you know what it is? And they said they don't know. That's all that you did. Okay, so Finley hasn't seen the ledger. And honestly, I don't want Finley to have it. Well, that's a question of what do we do with the ledger? I think that we could keep it in a safety deposit box to keep it safe. But my, um, the only person that we know for sure is investigating the corruption at City Hall is Governor Roosevelt. And I'm inclined to say, get that book into his hands directly. Do you really want to give that to him? I, yeah. I guess he's a good, he's a good guy. He well, if he's investigating here. all the corruption that's going on, then yes, he is the guy that we want to give it to. But we don't want to give it to a secretary and have her give it to him. We want it to be in his hands directly. It, it would be helpful. 
if we actually knew what was going on before we handed yeah, it? Yeah, I well, honestly... Hence, we put it into a safety deposit box where nobody can get to it. Um, just wait one second. We're just we just we're outside our uh, my uh, my accountant's office, right? Or yes, we're getting big, into the car. Yeah. yeah, it's a big building. Uh, you probably are, you're probably getting into the car down the block. Well, before we do that, I'm like we could make him, you know, my accountant do a little more research on all our stuff, and then the next day. So that we actually don't, you know. I I don't want to leave it with him. Uh, for I don't all think we know, accountant wants it left with him either. By the sound of his reaction, yeah, yeah. He. I don't know if there's an accountant's network, and he, he's going to say, "Get on the on the grapevine now." And we've just got to make sure that this ledger gets into the right hands. And I think that that's. That's the second reason why we're here is to find out what happened to Timmy. Here's the thing. Once that ledger is in the hands of the, the proper authorities, then if Timmy's in hiding, he no longer has any, any reason to hide because the danger to him, I mean, I assume that they would capture him and torture him to try to get the, the ledger. Um, once they know that the good guys have the ledger, then Timmy's basically safe. He can come back to his wife and future kid. Well, I mean, if there are people after it, then I think the only, the only realistic thing is to follow your, your plan of putting it in a safe deposit box for now. Right. We, we now, definitely don't want that in a, in a position where it could be snatched from us. I, I've been thinking too, well, what do you think about the $300 he paid to W. Darby? The day before that's a lot of cat. Could he have purchased some sort of a, 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 a ticket or a cruise to get out of the country? Or the another thing is maybe a fake, you know, a, a pretty good fake ID. Well, for that money, three hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah, holy crap! That would get you. No, I meant, I meant like a, you know, the the whole kind of deluxe package, fake ID, you know, yeah, still everything. Well, but it could have been. It could have been. He's um, if he's if he knows all information. We'll we'll know more when we find out where Darby is. Hey, yeah. You know, something occurs to me. I mean, maybe I've been reading. Uh, too many um, cheap novels because I I do read a lot of cheap novels when I'm on those interminable train trips between um, different theatres. But um, what if this W Derby and Timothy are the same guy? What if he just paid a check? to this other person so that he now has that $300. <laughs> and he's that, anonymous. Yeah. That's actually a good idea there, Felix. That would work. I mean, he needs to get the money out of his account, but he can't. If he just takes the money, it still points to him. But in this case, it points to someone else. Hmm. I could be completely wrong. I mean, you know. What do you think, Tommy? Don't you have to show ID to get a check cashed? 
Yeah, but then you can also you can have like an yeah, it's kind of no. You can double endorse it. You could you could write on the back of it. You could he could handwrite the last name uh, Darby, and then he could write his own name underneath it. Mind you, I think I've I've outfought myself there because if I mean he could have just made it out to cash. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm that's say. true. Yeah. What do you think about Marcus? I can't understand his position in all this. It's well, he was. Wait, Marcus. Yeah, yeah. He was. He was hired. He's just like us, right? Maybe. We uh, we should investigate him a little bit more. Yeah, I'd like to know a bit more about him. I mean, none of us have actually checked to see whether there actually is a law firm or a, a, a private eye. You know, we could be leaving some stones unturned that, I mean, at the very least, we can find out that he's just who he says he is. Still, even if he is, if somebody said, if somebody, one of the corrupt bad guys said, here's $500, tell us everything that you find out. Corruption is everywhere. We don't know what kind of a man he is, do we? But yeah, like I said, I we know he's a man. Sorry, go ahead, Corey. I don't trust Finn. I don't trust Marcus. I. We know that he's a man who stays in uh, flea bag motels with prostitutes and uh, puts yeah. us up there. Uh, so he ain't got no money. Yeah, that seems to be a or disconnect he has money. The man he is, he and the wanna... people he's being employed by. Or he has money, but you know, is is a cheapskate. Now he doesn't have money. People who have money do at least something that shows he got money. He have nice shoes. Do, do, yeah. do we know how the the um, how they found him? Was he recommended to? We don't know. Well, we should ask the fam- the family why. Um, if you remember in a previous episode, uh, you asked that question. Um, Samantha and Bethany told you that he was recommended by the police, in- the detective investigating um, the disappearance of Timothy. Okay. Well, there you go. The, the mm. detective, a detective of the New York Police Department recommends Finley. And then Finley turns around and tells us that the police department's all corrupt. So there's something really not making any sense there. Let's find that detective and see what he knows. Oh, I already knew that before, but. I did notice that um, when Mr. Finley was speaking to us early on, he mentioned a partner and then changed his mind and said, oh, the name of his detective agency was just his name. As if something had happened in the background. I remember that. Wasn't it something like Finley and Moore? That's the, like that. that was the exact name, Finley and Moore. Maybe the other detective was bumped off. Who knows? Well, we can find out who knows. I mean, obviously, there's, a, there's all these things where we, we should be able to trace. Um, all these might be, might be uh, goose chases. What is it? Goose chase? A wild goose chase. A wild goose chase. Um, But 
at least we'll know we can eliminate those avenues of of going in those directions but i think we really need to find out what the hell happened to arthur i never did get a chance to examine this the 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 stuff that uh tommy said was under the bed we really only did a cursory look around that room before finley showed up and shushed us away seemed awfully convenient he could have been waiting downstairs for us to arrive so that he knew that we would go upstairs and find that stuff. And then he could come right afterwards, even though 10 minutes earlier, he was up there murdering Arthur. I mean, he wanted us to get our fingerprints all around the room. Honestly, Mark, I don't think Marcus would kill. Why would you say that? You don't know the man. I don't know the man, but he doesn't seem like a guy who would do that. Murderers never seem like murderers. That's the whole point of murderers. William turns to Tommy and kind of nudges him and said, I don't think he's clever enough for that. You know, he's not like university guys like us. Well, that's a pretty good. Uh, Anybody who wears a bright mustard colored suit is not in the the habit of murdering people trying to remain unseen i don't know what does the magician say about uh distractions and uh uh the bright bright yellow suits exactly the kind of distraction that keeps you from looking at the hand on the gun well what what makes me think that he's he's running some sort of scam is the the ease with which he accepted that we were nothing to do with the killing which, if he was um, that willing to encourage us in on the case, um, after finding us there with a dead body, that makes me think that he's now looking at that as something he could potentially have over us. That he now thinks he has leverage. Or that he wants us to do his job for him. He is kind of just along for the ride and getting paid for it. I think he knows more than he's saying. So I what certainly now? don't think we should tell him about the ledger. Because we're sitting in Fowler's car. He hasn't even turned the key. Let's let's oh. let's head right over back over to the bank. Uh, get a safety deposit box and put that ledger in there. Okay. I start. Well, of course, I start the car and we go. Well, that's relatively easy to do. It, it, it takes about it takes no time at all for someone like Fowler, who lives in the city, to show them a New York State ID, fill out a residence form, hand it there, put two dollars down, about fifteen dollars for a security deposit a box, and then, boom, you, you have a you have a box. Okay. So that's that's really minutia. Um, after you have the you have it stored and it's safe and you have a key uh fowler what okay. what's your what 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 do you want to lead to I'd, um, I'd like to find out who the uh the detective in charge of the uh, uh investigation where is, is where is uh professor thompson is he at 
most likely at the uh, at the hotel. You for for everyone who wasn't here when I explained it um, before the show. Um, you guys are at the Hillcrest Hotel on the fourth floor. You guys have gotten a suite, so it's four uh, bedrooms and four bathrooms. So that way, you guys kind of have like, have like an apartment. You will all stay at. You're all localized into one room, essentially. Um, everyone but Fowler. Fowler has his own apartment. Why don't we head back over there and see what uh, what Henry's come up with on that uh, Arabic translation? Yeah, yeah, that's a good Sound. idea. I'd be Sounds intrigued good. if he thinks that book might be worth three hundred dollars as well. Okay, well then let's jump to Professor Thompson. <clears throat> okay. Oh, well, just really quick, Felix, you just hit on something there. What if the book is what what uh, T- Timothy paid three hundred dollars for? I'm just saying that because I mean the last time we got together there was a very valuable book in the offing and <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Know, well, I, know, I don't know anything about it. Well, now I know how much old books can be worth. I mean, I was just thinking, you know. Well, and at least we haven't seen any apparitions of Keziah Mason running around, so I don't think the book's cursed. Maybe we should take it to a, like a. Uh, a book dealer or something to see what they think well we'll see all I right heard, let's go back i heard there was a good book dealer in castronegro if anyone wants to go and get it priced that's a long way to go though i'm up for a holiday i mean 25 bucks a day I'll, I'll go anywhere all right thompson i would like you to make a language own role i'd like you to make uh two one with bonus dice and one without with one with what one with bonus dice and one without i want you to give me the sum of or the the if you pass both so i passed the first one with a 70 I passed the second one with a 47. You said roll a third time? No, I just needed two. Uh, one with bonus dice and one without. Um, okay. okay, so um, ignore the cat who's meowing in the background. Um, so what you have, essentially, uh, the, the book from beyond is a philosophy slash spell book um, that was written by, as I said uh, previously, uh, a scribe priest named Tal Hafif from the 21st dynasty of Egypt. Um, he was under the authority of the high priest of Amum. Um, according to what you've been kind of skimming through, um, Tal, it's all written, ba- the, the first portion is written first person by Tal Hafif, who essentially says that they gathered in a mausoleum um, or not a mausoleum, like, like, like a temple. Um, and the high priest gathered in a circle and prepared a ritual. Um, the priest underwent this hypnotic ritual, and this allowed them, as a collective, to manifest and speak to the god Thoth. Thoth apparently appeared in a physical form Thoth. using the Thoth. Okay, so tote, tote, thought, thought. I know what you were getting at, um, but yeah, it is tote, like, like, like the bag. And um, then, and then everything past the manifestation of the god um, is then the god telling all these people, 
it's literally it's it's written from uh he's transcribing the words that were literally given by tote um so, so i mean okay so what do i know of tote um based on my history in archaeology well go ahead and uh if you want to give me an archaeology or an anthropology role that's fine and i passed that uh just barely though i got a 70 out of 71 well how much do you, do you wayne have I, I i mean i can look it up but i mean like i'm trying to remember there's so many of those egyptian um, gods tote was the god of knowledge um okay. If I remember correctly, he basically transcribed um, everything that the gods did and then handed it oh, down okay. to the Egyptian okay. people. Okay. Um, I may be wrong, Mick. I may be wrong. I believe that's what happened. I believe he was the transcriber. He was the literal scribe of the gods. So if I were to do a comparison, he's kind of like Mercury or, or Hermes in a way. He's like he's that, exactly that. Yeah, he he is basically he is the he is both the scribe and the messenger of the gods. He is delivering the gods' words upon the people, but he's only delivering the 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 opinion of the gods from the one side. He doesn't speak for Set and and all the 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 gods of the darkness. Essentially, right, the good guys. Um, he, if I remember correctly, he was just beneath. Um, uh, I think Set oh is misunderstood. Oh, okay. <laughs> the beast um but it's written the, the book from beyond is written very po po poetically from the time that thought is it, it, thought is brought forth um because thought apparently speaks in in these flowing words um but that's it's just it's just thought literally I'm, telling I'm them a whole bunch of stuff people calling him thought i understand he's got a knowledge but yeah. Well, Thoth, T H O T H, Thoth, not Thought, not 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 that hoe over there. Uh, but um, there is something that um, that it focuses on uh, primarily. It yeah, he is he's crying because he can't get into the, the 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 closet. He doesn't need to get into the closet, Carl. Um, but yeah, uh, something that, that should be brought to your attention, Thompson, is that tote, thought, thought, whatever you want to call him, calls himself and the other beings elder gods. In my, my research and, and knowledge of like ancient Egyptian, what I have ever come across the ancient Egyptian gods referring to themselves as the elder gods? Not particularly. Hmm. Um, I would yeah, like because, you... Because like elder god would be the same as like the old gods and during that time there were no other gods. They were new, so... Huh. Um, yeah, go ahead go ahead and uh, add one Cthulhu mythos to your skill. Oh wow. And I lose some sanity. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks, Tommy Tom. You could you could argue that the term elder actually refers to your superior, like your your the elder. highest. So like um, not necessarily Okay. 
older older than you because they're more important than you. Well, the the, the book from Beyond also does mention the old gods. There were the old gods, and then there, there are the elder gods. And he makes a very it's a very small section of passage, but he makes the difference, saying that he and others are elder gods, but fear the old gods and their ways. One of the old gods he mentions is Set, the beast. Okay. But that's really it. It's really just a bunch of, you could literally just say that this is a bunch of nonsense. It's a bunch of hooey that some guy in the, in the. Well, not, I, I don't, I don't say that it's hooey because I understand that this is like an ancient religion and this is uh, part of a ancient culture's beliefs. Uh, so I actually find it fascinating, particularly the rituals and um, have I ever come across I mean, I've, I've done studies with like ancient, ancient, that's the reason why I have Aramaic as like the, one of the elder or older languages uh, spoken. Um, would I've come across anything that would have dealt with um, maybe the writings of, of uh, Tote? And does this seem similar to what I've come across? Not really. This, uh, it, it, it like now it could just be because it's been watered down. You know, this this was from literally three thousand years ago. It's it, well, it's been translated. I imagine, yeah, I would imagine that particularly with the Egyptians and the way that they the hieroglyphs were, if they are, they actually believe that the stuff that they're writing that they're transcribing is coming from the gods. That they would have it as exact as they have interpreted it. So if, so basically what I'm thinking of is like, if I see like a row of hieroglyphs and let's say this roll of hieroglyphs comes from Tote and I, you know, um, what you're telling me is that this is something that doesn't seem in the same vein or the same sort of um, writing. Because mm-hmm. even though you have like high priests, they were all more or less like write the same in my imagination. Um, I'm, I mean, this is just me coming off the top of my head, but I was, I would think that all the high priests would be taught how to, you know, write these hieroglyphs in the same exact sort of form. Um, what you can tell is that it, it's it, it's very fitting. Now, uh, something that should be noted is that like there's never been. A, a, a book transcribed that said this is the literal word of a god a god came down and said hello there thompson here's this um so there's no real reference point but it does match up with um the actions of of tote um mimic things that have been brought up in the mythos of the egyptian canon you know, he is benevolent. He is there to give knowledge to human beings. Okay. He, he is here to pass down knowledge from the gods to us. He is here to help. Here's, here's another question um, based off of my, my understanding of the Egyptian pantheon. Is there a trickster god? Every, pretty much every culture has a trickster god, but is there a yes. trickster god? Um, that god. 
you could there there are several that you could say are tricksters i mean you could you could make the case that isis is a trickster she tricked Ra into coming out into a field and getting bit by a snake but um you could say set is but set is set the beast is the trickster god he is the encapsulation of all things he's misunderstood people he's the god he's the god of death like basically anubis is the judge Set is the god of death. Actually, Osiris is the god of death. Yeah, Osiris is the god of death. Set is the god of evil. Yeah, he is. He is the all-encapsulating evil. He is the beast. Osiris, and and something that should be mentioned is that uh, Tote is, um, in what I've read, he is the right hand of Osiris. He is uh, transcribing Osiris's words. But was it Osiris killed and cut up by? Set. Um, that's when he became god of the underworld. Yeah. Oh, ah, so he, and he was resurrected. It's kind yes, of he was, the Christian. Okay. He was he was he was transcended by the judgment of the gods, um, and he became king of the underworld. Hmm. But he is, but but Osiris is also note. He is what I would consider a neutral god. He doesn't. He's just there. He's just okay. much, much like Anubis. Anubis is just the god of passing judgment. Um, there's no, um, there, there's no, there's no evil inclination. Set his whole thing is I want to destroy everything. I want to kill everything. Trick humans. The, croc- the crocodile god. Okay. So that's who who Anubis feeds the the uh, souls of the wicked too when he weighs the heart I thought it was uh, I don't know but yes uh, I've been reading these 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 transcripts or manuscripts too long so um, it is at this point that the others arrive I imagine I think that you guys were going to meet back with Thompson yes okay um well, they have entered into the room. So Thompson's sitting in the living room. The book is, is out. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm rubbing, rubbing the bridge of my nose like I've been pouring over this for too long and I need a break. Yes. I need something strong to drink. Stronger than coffee, if you get my meaning. What time is it? It's about 5 o'clock. PM? Yeah, okay. PM. All right, so it won't be improper to get a strong drink if i can find it somewhere here's let me interject this just for a second because it's kind of interesting the set is considered the god of deserts storms disorder violence and foreigners in ancient egypt um in greek his name is pronounced sith which Hmm. i think is interesting sith only Sith steal and absolutes. In, in, in Greek as well, he's also um, um, in, in 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 Greek mythology. He would correspond to uh, Typhon. Hmm. Yeah. Some sometimes describe. Uh, Kenneth Grant talks of Set Typhon quite a lot as, as an archetype. Hmm. In the early days of the Thelemic Cetian current. Hmm. Interesting stuff that. So, Thompson is sitting on the couch. You have entered. The door has closed behind you. What would you like to discuss? 
Well, I imagine the first thing we do is we ask him what he's discovered, which and I'll you've just told you. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have just told you. <laughs> um, all right. So, so, so the book itself just seems like uh, an, old, an old ancient religion. With like, well, about, yeah. So it's with, like with, with like rituals, like ancient rituals, like and, the Book of the Dead, or or any of those other things. It's not. Really, I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm I look at the book, and um, while I, although I'm rubbing the bridge of my nose, and I seem exhausted from like spending hours reading over this and mm-hmm. trying to translate it. I, you know, I do try to keep it a bit close to me because this might actually uh, end up in my own personal private library. Uh, inside the front or back, inside the front or back cover, is has anybody penciled in a price? I'll look at it. Is there any sort of price in it? I, I, I wouldn't have noticed that. The book does not seem to have a price. It doesn't. It seems to also be very well, like you. Let me. I mean, let me ask you this: uh, Can you describe the what the book looks like? Um, like, uh, sure. Just a basic description. It's an old green book, hard covered uh, with the spine, um, which is very worn. It's been opened quite a few times. So it's literally splitting down the sides. Um, there is gold etched, or it's not gold, but it's uh, gold etchings of Arabic words, probably okay. saying book of the uh, of beyond. Book of the beyond. So we can guess a couple of things. One is uh, the book itself isn't ancient. It's a, uh, translation no it's probably it's probably a it's a printed it's printed the words are printed in arabic and then there's handwritten english between the lines okay um so it like i said it's it's not like it's a it's a book that it's is, not like the original it's it's, right. it's a copy of a copy basically yeah. probably a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy right and it's written in arabic so it's the original might have been written in in hieroglyphics right. uh yes um, or maybe even something older than that. What about the little note that we found? Did you translate that? The note. Did I get a chance to translate that? Oh, was he here for that? Maybe he doesn't know about the note. I think he was here for that. I don't think he... he... The note? Was it yeah. last week? No, no. It was, it was when you guys were in the house. There was a, there was a handwritten note uh, on the inside cover... Um, Which was from the woman. What was her name? Was it from the woman? Tally. No. no. Tally was. Tally okay. was from the. Uh, oh, this was a slip of paper in that book. Yes. Okay, I didn't get a chance to look at that then, because all I seen was the note um, from Tally. To well, uh, well Doctor Henry, get to work. <laughs> um, go ahead and well, well, you know, I would. I, I mean, like, if if um, if I'm poring over this book and this this note was in it, I would have read it. Um, it might have been the first thing I would have read because it, it would have been tucked away. Probably, yeah, yeah it had probably been easier to transcribe and, and to translate. Um, Go ahead and give me an. You have Aramaic, correct? Yeah. Go ahead and give me an Aramaic roll. It needs to be a hard. Five and seven. It is not a hard, and it is a fail. So, okay. 
So Dr. Thompson does not know what is on the inside of the book. Um, the inside of the book. I, I mean, I glanced at it. It's it's Aramaic, but I, it's a strange form, maybe different dialect or something. I, I, you know, um, definitely I actually, Arabic. Is it or well, yeah? Um, but but um, I didn't take the time to read through that. I thought it might have just been um, maybe a salutation or something like that, or this belo book belongs to so and so. So I, I dove further into the book rather than try to spend a lot of time looking at this. But I can I can um, spend a bit more time, and I will um, try to decipher it. So I'll you know take some time to do that, basically. Which means that I will roll until roll, roll and do it, do it with bonus dice this time. It needs, like <laughs> I said, it needs to be a hard. It needs to be a hard. You're, if you're going to spend some time, the people and and the and the others are going to sit there waiting for you to go. I got it. Let then, me have a look at it. I bet I can translate it. <laughs> yeah, I bet I bet Hawk could translate it for you. Well, that's not a hard. Even Fowler could too. That's not a hard, but it was close. All right, give me one more. For each one, is just an hour past. No, I, I, I failed them both, so. Okay, you obviously need some sleep. Well, yeah, yeah, it's been a, you know. It is now about 7 o'clock at night. You guys have been, you know, you've eaten hey, dinner. But, but, but by the way, Hawk, I mean, I know you're the man to go to, but I need something stronger to drink than, uh, tea or, or or coffee you know tommy tommy's been lacking in his tea making thing you know well from what we understand this place is corrupt so we should be able to get some alcohol <laughs> we could just order some wait a minute when was uh, so so what year is this but i mean outside of the game what, what year is this again it is, it is 1931 so and when was when was prohibition 34 34 34 okay 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 I think it's thirty-four. I'm pretty it's sure. It's either thirty-four or thirty-six. It was the it was the beginning of World War. It was the it was uh, the. It was, it was I, I, honestly, with with yeah, with what's going on. No, because they were getting properly drunk in that film. Mm. Well, with the crash going on, I they should just let this dumb prohibition. This this. Oh, it's a stupid, you know stupid law. Let people, you know, at least if, if, if you're losing all your money and, and everything like that in your home and everything else, at least be able to drown your sorrows in, in some whiskey, you know? Well, I'd, I'd rather see if people are going to drink, I'd rather, I'd rather than drink decent whiskey than that gut rot that's about these days. Oh, yeah. Question. Has anybody told anybody anybody else other than the people in this party have you guys told anybody where you're staying um we no. probably would have told the family okay um then the phone rings okay the only hey, William, you're closest to the phone <laughs> the only person i would have told i couldn't get a hold of for some reason she's off the grid off the grid William, answer the damn phone. <laughs> you're closest. Or you hear I, the phone. I, I answer the, the phone because Mr. Hawk asked me to. Um, you hear a woman's voice uh, say, hello. Hello, William speaking. 
Ah, William, you're the, the young one. And it's the voice of Bethany. She says, could I speak to um, either Hawk or Felix or Thompson or Fowler, please? Here you are, Mr. Hawk. Give it to somebody else. <laughs> I'm looking for alcohol. Great Bamboni, would you like to speak to Bethany? Well, if no one else is available. <coughs> <coughs> yes, madam. How can I help you? Um, Felix, as soon as you do that, um, you hear uh, like a, like a, like a, she begins stuttering. She's, is this Felix? It is, yes. It is a, she, there's a definite shift in her voice when you begin talking to her. Because, um, yes, um, tell me, uh, you, you spent the day looking for my brother. Is that correct? We did, yes. Uh, and did you find anything useful? Um, I'm not really sure. We may, we may have found one or two um, leads, but uh, nothing's come of it yet. Um, I know that um, the others were, were, were pursuing other angles, so we're, we're, we're about to sit down and have a, um, something of a conference and try and uh, pool our resources for the day. Wow. Um, yes, and, and, and she definitely sounds a little odd. Definitely not the, the stern, mean woman. Um, that everyone else heard and she and she, she goes oh well um keep me informed oh uh, I, I i absolutely will thank you of that. thank you mr epstein you're very welcome is there right. anything else i can do for you and there's a pause and she just goes no i i, I think i'll be okay i'll uh and she kind of uh like she she kind of clears her throat and go and th that that demeanor returns and she says uh, uh, I'll call you if uh, if anything happens over here Felix uh, uh, not Felix uh, Marcus is uh, currently outside he thinks he saw someone walking down the street um, so we're kind of just waiting until we get the all clear I'll call you if anything happens yes please do and she hangs up. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Love you. Yep. <laughs> hmm. That was rather abrupt. Uh, 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 that was rather... Please? I didn't really say that, Phil. Um, yeah, that was rather... She, she sounded... Um, she sounded rather odd. I, I, I think she may be suffering from a little ennui. Um, Felix, give me a psychology role. Do you think that maybe somebody was there listening? That possibly could be the case. Oh, 14 out of 40. Felix, she sounded flustered. She sounded a little flustered to me. How Discombobulated, you... perhaps. I'm wondering if... Uh, if do, somebody do you might have been there. Do you think they could be in danger? Is it worth going over? Remember the, the what if they're looking life? for us? Well, um, yeah. 
Look, for, for, I think for the amount of money we're being paid, we can't appear too keen, can we, really? I mean, we, you know, we're getting $25 a day for this. If we think that there's a, um, a problem, we, uh, we should be prepared to act on our own recognizances and uh, just go over there to check. There was a mention that she, she said that um, uh, Finley had seen, um, thought he'd seen someone hanging around outside. She certainly didn't sound like her usual self. I think it would show goodwill on our part if we, if we just um, drove over there just to make sure everything was okay. All right. Tonight? Even if, yeah, even if we come straight back. I mean, at least we've, we've shown willing. You know, these people yeah, are we can do that. These are paying us a lot of money. I mean, I think you know, they, they deserve this level of coverage. If you're too tired, Dexter, you can just go home. There's plenty yeah, of it. It doesn't take all of us. Like just, just one or two of us could do it. Hey, I'm going to follow us till the end. Well, if everything's okay, Tommy can make us all a cup of tea before we come back again. Hey, now. One lump or two? <laughs> all right. uh, two, and I'll have some sugar as well, please. Thank you, Tommy. Um, who all is going over to the Tucker house then? I guess I'm going to the Tucker house. Let's oh, not we... let's not mention anything about the safety I deposit. Certainly will. Okay, nothing about the safety deposit box, and everyone is going but Tommy. Tommy staying behind to make tea. Oh, we no we no. Food. I was going to stew by the time we get back. You know? I was going to say. No, I meant he can make tea at the, oh, the house. At the no. house. Yeah. I'm sure Bethany, uh, not Bethany, Samantha would love that. Well, William packs his boomerang just in case there's any guys outside he needs to throw it at. Yeah, we're boomerang. All... Oh, you still have that, huh? Um, let, let's all go. And we'll just, you know, we're. it's better that we've got numbers. I I know it might sound. I'm gonna just bring my gun just to make sure. Don't you just bring your gun everywhere? I do. Well, that's because you're a professional, and um, you know. Don't you're... talk about that, Thompson. Psst, burn. <laughs> okay, so everyone is going. Um, that's fine. So you all go down to the lobby you go down into onto the street um relatively peaceful um okay well william william wants to have a little scan about because he's kind of got a little bit of obsessed about these figures in black that have been seen so he's keeping an eye out just in case there's anybody watching our hotel as we go over okay um well, there's 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 not there's not a whole lot of people out right now. Um, it's relatively cold. It's a little nippy, so people are kind of inside right now. Um, Hawk, give me a spot hidden. Twenty three out of uh, seventy. That's bad. That's uh, hard. Okay. So you guys get into the car, and you guys drive away. Okay. So, drive the 25 minutes to Queens from Manhattan. Um, you pull up in front of the house. 
Um, you can see that uh, down the street there uh, are two teenage girls helping their probably their father. Um, they're chipping away ice on the, the, the steps up to their uh, front door. Um, so they're, they're just working at the ice, trying to get it up and off. Um, the kids aren't playing outside. Um, remember that it's about 7.30 right now. Um, it's not particularly late. People are probably just starting to have dinner. Um, and you guys are making your way up to the front door. Who is taking lead? Felix? Felix is knocking. He made a knocking gesture. I'm I'm knocking with a rat a tat tat. Um. All right. So you uh, hear footsteps. The door opens. Um. It is Bethany. Um. She's wearing uh, a button-up shirt. She kind of let it loose. Um. Dress pants. Uh. No shoes. Uh, she's barefoot. And as soon as she opens the door, she looks right at. Felix, and you kind of see her eyes go wide, and she goes, oh, Mr. Epstein. And then she looks behind uh, Felix and uh, at the all of you and says, and all of you, um, can I help all of you? And she we kind of opens were, the door fully. Uh, Absolutely. We were a little concerned by your, your mention of um, activity outside the house. We thought we'd, uh, we'd just pop over and uh, make sure everything was all right. Um, you then hear Samantha in the kitchen, because like I said, they, they're they just making dinner. Um, go, uh, who is it? And Bethany turns around and says, it's, um, it's Mr. Epstein and the others. And she opens the door fully and says, well, come inside. You're standing out in the cold. Well, we, 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 we wouldn't want to uh, intrude on your dinner. We were just, um, as I say, we were just uh, concerned. Um, is, uh, is Finley here? Uh, Finley is making uh, rounds around the block. Why do you need to speak with him? It's fine if you want to uh, if you want to stay here, Mr. Epstein. Well, um, perhaps if we just um, remained here until Finley calls back, um, we'd just like to make sure everything's okay. Of course, and she smiles at you. I'm I'm going to quickly pull out my notebook and write a note on it that says. Is everything all right? Uh, is there someone else in the house? Something like that. And as, as they're standing there, I'm just going to hold that up so that she can see it. She narrows her eyes to read it and then looks up at you and goes, Mr. Hawk, are you a dimwit? Get inside the house. Apparently I'm a dimwit. Oh, all right. She likes me. Maybe that's it. She's just starstruck. Well, I sheepishly put my my notebook back away and well, William I'm staring at the the teenagers down the street chipping the ice off of their front porch at seven thirty at night and follow you. Um, on. <laughs> well, William decides now that he's been hanging about with detectives for a few days that, that, that this is maybe his new career path. So he takes a wander around the garden, has a look down the street and all that before he comes in and joins everybody. Um, and William, as you're, as you're taking a look around, um, you see Marcus coming up, de- uh, up the block from Pop's store. Um, and when he, he sees you from the porch and he kind of just waves. Um, but also... I need you to give me a spot hidden. 
Well, he might think he's a detective, but he's not very good at some of this stuff. Uh, that, was a, that was a huge fail. Okay. Eh, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, Marcus is coming up the block. Um, Bethany, when she, she kind of fully walks in. She's just letting you guys close the door when you all enter. Um, and she goes, uh, Samantha, it, it, could we probably, uh, could we maybe put a, a cup of, uh, a pot of tea on or something like that? We, we have guests. And you see Samantha come out. Um, her hair is let down. It's not in the bun that it was yesterday. And she just kind of smiles. She beams when she sees all of you and says, well, good evening. Good evening. Um, good evening. She, good evening. Looks, she looks at Tommy and says, Tommy, could you maybe put the, 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 the tea kettle on the stove? I'm, I'm uh, making dinner right now. Absolutely. Um, I can do that. She I actually, pushes. I, I actually grin at Tommy when she, she does that. Um, like, and you she, know how I like my tea, by the way, right? And, and she pushes the door open allow, and allows you to enter into the kitchen with her. Um, and, she's, and she's smiling very fondly at Tommy. And as soon as he kind of passes her, they, they, they enter into the kitchen and the door swings closed. Um, Bethany crosses her arms and leans up against um, the, 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 the first post of the stairs. And she goes... Mr. Hawk, why do you think that someone is in my home? It just seemed odd that you called us. Um, I thought perhaps you were trying to tell us that somebody was coercing you or forcing you. Or Why would I be paying Mr. Finley to protect us? If... Uh, why would I call you? I would call him. He's also always here. Why did you call us? Because you're investigating my brother's disappearance, and I want to be kept informed of everything that happens. That's and then, fair enough. And then she kind of glances over at Felix. Um, Hawk, give me a spot hidden. Forty-two out of seventy, so it's not a hard, but it's a it's a pass. Now give me a psychology. Uh, Sixty-three out of seventy, so I passed. She definitely softens when she looks, and she she kind of like very quickly looks at Felix, and then looks directly back at you, and you see that she softens when she looks at him. Says, "Well, we're fine." I see. And the door uh, and the door opens and Finley comes in. Um, he stamps his feet uh, at the uh, at the door. Uh, water kind of spills from his feet onto the hardwood and you just see Bethany kind of just like grit her teeth like she's furious. And Finley looks at all of you and says, oh, good to see you again. And he closes the door. And says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to... Um straighten my tie and cuffs and make myself look a bit more presentable. And, uh, and Marcus, Marcus sees you, uh, Felix, and he goes, oh, you don't need to get all you know, fancy with me. And he, uh, <laughs> and, he, uh, and he takes off his jacket and he kind of just like puts it on the ground. Um, and he says, so how's the first day going? Pretty good. Do have a question for you, though. Mm. Can you uh, 
you think you can get us the detective's report on uh, on the uh, place where Arthur, uh, the penthouse, what happened there? Oh, yeah. What, what evidence they found, what... Uh, That's... Uh, I mean, probably chalked it all up to suicide, but they'd still have a detailed list of everything they found. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's Brian. Brian's a good guy. Yeah, I can get that for you. All right, excellent. When do you need it by? I can probably have it here tomorrow evening. Probably that would be cool. Hours. All right. That'd be cool. And he, and he takes out a notebook and he, and he writes it down. Um, and, uh, and he says, so uh, didn't get a chance to talk to Bethany. She called you, right? Yes, she did. And Finley kind of raises an eyebrow at her and she just shrugs and says, they're still looking. They haven't found anything really substantial yet. Well, she kind of alarmed us. We thought that uh, maybe there was somebody in the house. And, and, and Marcus laughs and says, I don't think anyone's getting into this house anytime soon. I'm literally sleeping right out front. You could be uh, tied up in a closet somewhere and... Wow. Oh, well, why does this seem unreasonable to everybody? And he, and he, and he, and he, and he takes that and he looks down at his, at his portly belly and he says, they got to have a lot of rope. Um, well, we've considered a lot of the evidence that we have so far. And now, mind you, we don't know any of this is true yet, but we suspect that Timothy is not dead, that he is hiding. Well, of course he's he gotten, is, Bethany. He's gotten involved in something, and he just needs to lay low for a while. And Finley nods as you think it's the, it's the city, right? He works for the city, and, you know. Or somebody else. Uh, he, uh, he liked to gamble. Uh, and Finley kind of chuckles, and, uh, and he says, well, you know, Samantha told me about his gambling you know two dollars over at the neighbor's house isn't what i would say he likes gambling and he leans up against the door if that's the full extent of it we'll see we're bethany, still investigating of course bethany then chimes in and says timothy would never gamble and uh and then marcus kind of flashes her a look and says and arthur would never commit suicide but that's what happened and that kind of just she, she just she kind of just glares at him. Yeah, I'd say he has a real bedside manner there. Yeah, Finley doesn't mind speaking his mind. He just won't smoke in the house. Well, um, Tommy's put a lot of this together. Really, says Marcus. Where is he? And he kind of looks around at the group. You should be bringing your tea and crumpets. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I sent them off to make my tea. Ah, a real uh, ladies' man, he says. That's good. <laughs> um, I've never thought about it that way, that, that particular term, a ladies' man. Oh, yeah. You leave the kid alone, Finley. Any, any, any kind of he chuckles and says, He's a good kid. he says, there's nothing wrong with being a dandy. That's fine. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Now, see, there's some confusion there because I think, I think, ladies I think, man usually no, no, a man no. who has a lot of girlfriends. No, 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 he a dance. No, and no, a, no. And a no, man's no. man seems like a man who has a lot of girlfriends. <laughs> oh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was referring to the latter. Wait, wait. Oh. 
You, no, no, no. No? Tom, All right. Tommy is not a dandy. I didn't, there's nothing wrong with it. He's, no, 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 I don't no. Tommy he, just has good manners. Tom, Tommy knows how to talk to women. So and, we're out here talking amongst ourselves where he is in the kitchen with the women. Bethany the then food. goes, am I not a woman? Am I supposed to be part of this conversation? What is happening around me? And she's just kind of like staring. As, as, as case in point, madam. We were, I, so, I, I, we're I really so used, can't, I can't so used to being around, around each other that we, you know, a, a, a lovely woman like yourself goes unnoticed. But Tommy, I, on the other hand, help Tommy, he knows how to treat a woman. He's uh, not a dandy. Bethany, a question for you. He just uh, knows how to make a good cup of tea. Uh, did, did Timothy know any foreign languages? No. She, uh, she kind of laughs at that and says, no. He was, uh, he was as American as Americans get. And if you know what I mean, not very cultured other than the, uh, his art. He never showed uh, interest in, say, medieval or, or ancient history? Um, no, not really. I mean, like I said, he was interested in art. That was his, his passion. Art. Hmm. How about Arthur or Samantha or you? Do you have any interest in that area? Not particularly, no. Um, hmm. Arthur was interested a little bit in the occult, but that was about it. Ah, I see. I a see. lot of people are interested in the occult nowadays. That's why he li she, he listened to your show, after all. Uh, he found you all after listening to it, and he couldn't stop talking about it. Um, oh, well, realize a compliment. most of that has been extremely, ridiculously exaggerated by Mr. Fowler. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, we, we rescued an old lady's cat and he turns it into a gigantic red demon thing that's been chasing us around. Well, that's not. That's all that Arthur could talk about for two days, for the, for the last two days before his death is we need to get them. I'm calling them. I'm finding them. He would spend hours and hours. And then Marcus chimes in and says, and that's, you know. That's probably what he was doing up there. He was looking for you guys. He spent days in there, and the last time we saw him, which was about eight hours up before he died, he said, I found him. Can I ask another but question? But I have a, something to ask. Why were you fall, Why were you in that hotel? Uh, I told Marcus. you. Arthur asked me to come up at around nine. No, so you can see his detective skills are really not up to snuff. Not like, not like it is on his his fictitious show that he. I do have a question. Why, uh, uh, Miss Miss Tucker? Um, why was Arthur staying in a penthouse apartment at the most expensive hotel in Manhattan? He was originally staying at a, a smaller hotel, but then... All the hotels are smaller. <laughs> Arthur had specific taste. It's something that he developed um, most likely from childhood. We spent... Uh, and you see her, you know, her face kind of sink, and she goes... He spent a lot of time inside of a mansion, and I think that he just grew accustomed to 
But we're in the middle of a depression. Do you guys have that kind of money? Well, I know that uh, that Arthur definitely did. Um, I suspect Timothy did, since um, we're, we're we're getting stuff from his estate all the time. You know, Arthur was a very successful um, was very successful with his vacuum cleaning business. He uh, essentially sells to everybody in uh, south of Georgia, Florida. Uh, you know, Alabama, Louisiana, he sells all throughout that, that section of the South. He cleaned up then. He, and she kind of chuckles at that and says, he did literally clean up. I mean, like I said, he doesn't make the vacuum, he just sells them, but they make decent commission. He basically started that from the ground up, I believe. Yeah, but a vacuum cleaner salesman doesn't make the kind of commission that can let him stay in a a penthouse apartment at the bill at the at the bell the, the hotel in question Bellevue um, true Bell, yeah Bellevue um and she shrugs and says but uh but uh the, the owner of a successful sales corporation that sells vacuums probably would well not if he wants to stay rich I mean, it just seems a little excessive. It's a question we had to ask, of course. Like I said, Arthur was very erratic. Um, Do you still have the homestead in Georgia? Uh, Arthur's place? Probably. That's where he came from. That's where he lived. Okay. Yeah. Arthur lived in Savannah. Um, and uh, and yeah, I'm sure that he still has his, his home. Once again, very big, very open concept, so to speak. He didn't need it. What was your mother's name, if I may ask? And she kind of looks at you odd. And there is a, like a serious... Um, there's a very serious change in her uh, in her look, and she says, "Why?" Just filling in the blanks. And uh, she looks at all of you. Can I roll says, a psych? Well, while, while they're talking, um, can I roll a psychology on her to see what? Yeah, go ahead. Roll psychology. Well, William, maybe William could do that too, because uh, he's. He was about to ask a similar question and he's been thinking about the, the painting that was in the house mm -hmm. and the fact that the photograph showed that they were all like pretty much the same age and wondering maybe about the family history. So could I do a trio psychology too? Yeah, go ahead. I rolled a six. Okay. I failed. Uh, Thompson, she is very taken aback by the question. She is hurt. She is wounded. She, there is something there that she is not, she doesn't want to talk about it, but she is angry about it. And she goes, okay. and she says, my mother's name was Mary. And we're going to leave it at that. I, 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 I turn to Hawk and I say, um, I kind of say, you know, sort of under my breath, but like in his ear, like just lighten up on her. She's, uh, she's hurting right now. And what was your father's name? <clears throat> You're just going to ignore me. Okay. And, and you can now, she's like visibly getting angry. And she says, what does this have to do with Timothy? Just filling in the blanks. Nathaniel. 
All right, thank you. Oh, come on. This is this is this is enough now. This is this is enough. Yeah, she's obviously hurting there, uh Hoth. Give her uh you obviously, you know, made her angry. Has Tommy brought the tea through yet? And uh, I say I'm, I'm sorry. Go on, Tommy, what's going on? It's and she of... turns and she turns to Felix and says, Mr. Felix, unless you have something actually relevant to the investigation which you apparently have no leads for but yet you need to fill in the blanks for i would like you to leave i will call you tomorrow and yes. you can pick up your checks then yes of course yes um i'm i really am awfully sorry it's fine yeah. and she glares We're sorry and she glares at hawk and says marcus if you could please get the door for them tea's and, ready and she shouts tommy you're leaving <laughs> two sugars All right, so I guess we're leaving. William takes the china cup and sits in the car anyway. <laughs> so I'm assuming you guys get like a sip of your tea, but like Bethany, her arms are crossed. She's red in the face. Um, no, we leave. Okay. Yeah, we leave. I guess in the car, I'm going to turn to Hawk and I'll say, oh, that went well. Um, oh, please. It tells us a great many things. Why? I know it does. I know why it does. But... Would, why would she be so upset about the mention of her mother and father? Um, Thompson. They died? Can you give me a Every psychology role? Her father dies. <laughs> well, it could be they could be close together, you know, really close. Well, what would no. you. She was angry. On? Well, she's angry that you're you're bringing that up, and she doesn't see the relevance of it. No, um, this doesn't make any sense. Well, perhaps not. But I mean, you know people better than I do. I I sit in an office reading through old texts and read about people's uh, emotional states. Um, and you, you're actually out there, so you have a better idea. But from from what I was gathering, from what I picked up off of her. There, there. I mean, you're you're probably right. There's something there, but that something that's there is hurtful to her. And you brought it up, and this is my job. I understand. If I was worried uh, yeah. about hurting somebody, I wouldn't get my job done. I understand. I also understand that. Um, but there is there's a way of going about it. You know, um, you can hammer it. Uh, pretty hard and crack your your investigation that way, or you can do it in a more subtle way. You How would you suggest? Should I write her a letter? No, 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 no. I but, just asked a but, simple. But, 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 but yeah, but there are ways to pick up on a person's body language and sort. I of can't find out the names from her body language. We sure. have we have sure. a picture. I mean, you got the picture. Her, that I'm, 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 mother as mother. Doesn't that seem odd to you? Well, I, I will say that I'm not saying that what you did was wrong. I'm just saying this is the reason why she is upset. Oh, I know she's upset, and I kept going. In fact, my next question would have been, why are you upset? Sticking uh, the knife in it and twisting it doesn't really help there. Uh, it does, Mr. Fowler. Well, have you well, ever studied yes, detection? I have studied detection. Apparently you but, haven't. 
here's the thing. I, uh, uh, Hulk, I, I see exactly what you're doing. I understand what you're doing. Um, and it makes sense. For all we know. From, from, from a, an investigative point of view. For all um, we know, Bethany murdered her brother. Uh, I find that very hard to believe. Mr. It's Wolf. possible. Oh, it's possible. Anything it's is possible. Matter, it's is not it? a matter of what you believe. Because family members murder one another all the time. Hmm. Strangers don't usually murder people because strangers don't know you. They might be stealing your money and, and kill you. Employing, employing people to investigate uh, an issue in which you yourself are a suspect would, would be a... Um, Come on, Felix. You're a magician. What a, what a perfect way to keep you from thinking. Honestly, Clifton... No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think she killed. There's. I'm about, why is she so upset about the questions asking about her family? Um, they could. They could have heard her when she was no, a kid. You, you tell me. It's just. A, it's just a question of social propriety. I think you tell me what you know. Bounds, that's all. Tell me what you know, not what you think. Well, this is. Well, you. You were. T- you just said. That or that she killed her. I did not. Brother. I said she could. There's something going on here, and we got to get to the bottom of it. And I said maybe her parents. I mean, there's a lot of maybes. There's 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 a lot of yeah. uh, points that need to be filled. And I and I believe that that um, Hawk is doing what he feels is is best. Um, the only way to fill in those points is to ask the questions. True, but there's the. I, I also feel that there are there is a way of asking. Look, what you look, want. I'm not going to justify the way I do my job. Okay, I'm not I gonna, do my I'm job not. very well. So, oh, oh, I, I don't doubt it. Uh, you know, um, let the detectives do the detective. I've, I've worked. I've I've worked with you for quite some time, uh, and you know, you don't fabricate lies. You don't come up with, uh, you know. Uh, fictitious stories about how great and wonderful you are. Um, so I know that you're the real deal, and I know that you get results. And this is how you get results. It's just that you know. Um, well, to give to give our our, our and to be honest with you, I haven't really seen you actually like really integrate interrogate someone like like this. It wasn't I even interrogation. Really, all I did was ask a very simple question. Right. But it if I asked depends. you who your parents were, would you have that kind of reaction? Well, well it depends on my relationship with my parents. No, and it doesn't. How? Well, it does. Well, I will say, according to uh, Freud and you know, some I'll throw out some you know, psychology crap, whatever, and I'll say, you know, we, be, you know, they believe that yeah, through a person's development and their family life, that all of this has some aspect of their their mental health you know yeah um, i i i, so, I think like that, I, I think that yeah I, I think that what 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 happened here with her is that whatever happened to her family or her parents it's still affecting her yeah. you know for, for for an example you might you might you personally might lose somebody a member of your family and you might be sad about it for a while but you're tough so you'll say i'll get over it like, like even you, you, you said earlier, people die all the time, right? Love. That's that. That's the way you look at it because this is the line of, of, of work that you do. However, 
you're a detective, you're, you're out in the streets, you've, you've come across gritty stuff, you had to harden yourself against it or you would have crumbled under the pressure. We don't know what type of work she's done or, or what position she's been in. So even the slightest pressure might crack her. And so while I get what you're saying that it's possible that she, she could be responsible for this murder. That's not what I'm, I'm just saying. No, 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 I didn't say yeah. that. Look, look hold on. I didn't stop, say stop, 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 stop. We can talk about this all night long. Yes, we the can. Fact is, the fact is, we touched a nerve. And I want to know what that nerve is. Because it could be relevant to this case. Um, I, I think, uh, should, I, I think, I, I think keep, it under, keep it under wraps. I understand I'm not going to keep you, it under Listen to me. If, okay. I, if you hated your parents with every fiber of your being, and I said to you, what were your parents' names? You'd still just give me their names. Yeah, but that's you wouldn't throw us out of the house for saying. Yeah, well, that's, that, that's okay. Because, yeah, because I, if, you, if you hated but, your parents or you hated your family, you wouldn't, you know, yeah, you wouldn't care because you're like, I don't care about them. If you However, loved if, them with all of your hearts and they had just died yesterday, and I said to you, what are your parents' names? Just tell me. I think you're like, okay. So keep, keep this under wraps. I honestly you can't, Clifton, but. I'm afraid if we do continue this conversation and keep on it touching this issue, something's going to happen to all of us. She's going. What do you think is going to happen to all of us? She's going to fire us. Well, we, um, it's New York city. She could have, she could have us. William Put a hit on us. Who knows? I think you're all overreacting. Mr. Bamboni, would you like to do a magic trick for us? <laughs> and with that, we're gonna we're gonna say that, that conversation. I loved it. Loved every second of it. But we're gonna we're gonna continue moving on a little bit. Um uh, now Thompson's gone, so I can't have him do it. He kind of walked away. Felix, um, give me a spot hidden, please. You guys are just, you guys were sitting in the car yelling at each other, and now you're like, okay, we're going to drive away. Oh, uh, 45 out of 68. Okay. Um, the door, the front door, um, there's like a window. Um, there's a mosaic uh, in there. Um, but essentially what happens is that when you, you turn to look, uh, it's faded, but you see Bethany not crumple over, but she like leans against the post and she just begins sobbing. And you see like Samantha like kind of like walk over to to her. She's like crying. I thought we were in the car. You are. The door, the front door has glass in it. You can see through the windows, I hope. Okay, okay. Yeah, she was in the foyer. You guys were all in the foyer talking and uh, and Bethany is kind of leaning up against that, that very same stair post. And is just like kind of covering her face and is just crying. You so, went too far, Hawk. You went too far. And Damn it. let's so you guys yes. I think I know. So you drive away. Wait. I think I have a hypothesis. Okay. For her reaction. You give me your hypothesis. No, I'm talking to them, not you. Um, I have a hypothesis 
based on what you just saw. Bethany was adopted. Well, that's none of our damn business, is it? There's a, there's a little tear coming into William's eye as he, as he gazes out towards the house. What, what, what makes you say that, Hawk? Because those aren't really her parents. She doesn't know who her parents are. And the thought of saying those names upset her because that's what she's be, would be up to. That, that would be one thing that you'd be very upset about that you don't actually know. Well, why the hell would you bring but, something like that up? What? Because but, I have yeah. You're a monster, Clifton. I, I, I don't because, know. Because I mean, but, we have a photograph that says Arthur and Timothy and mother. Now, why wouldn't it say the mother's name? William That's turns. A weird thing to write on a on an on a, on a photograph. William turns to Tommy and whispers, "Is there going to be fisticuffs in the, this car?" No, we're just having. No, a, there won't be any fisticuffs. We're just having a discussion. It's a very important question. I My, think I'm. I think I'm learning from you, Mister Hawk, because when the photograph from the hotel had only the boys. And then the photograph in the house the boys. had the three of them and they all looked. Bethany was a very close age to them, so it didn't look right. We haven't heard anything from Tommy. What do you think, Tommy? You were very insightful in the last. No, you guys, you're all off on the deep end on this one. I, I got nothing to do with this. Tommy, has your uh, tea-making skill gone up 20% this episode? <laughs> Absolutely. Did you... Did, did you have a conversation while in the kitchen making my tea, which I didn't get a real chance to try out? That's unfortunate. First of all, guys, I could not have predicted her reaction in any way. I asked a simple question that should have had a simple answer. Well. So don't blame me for not Oh, I'm not. No, 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 no. Hawk, 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 don't think I'm. Don't think I'm blaming you. Or where are um, we heading to the hotel? Yeah, I, I imagine I'm it's yeah. it's don't, nighttime. It's nighttime. I don't know where you're going. You're away we're, from there. We're all just sitting in a car outside the house. Yeah, arguing. I'm, I'm not being overcritical. No, we're as soon as, as this conversation is going, we're like we're we're, we're driving. driving. Yeah, thank yeah. goodness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm not being overcritical. I, I understand your, your methods. I'm not saying that you're wrong for what you're doing. Um, so don't don't get that idea. Um, I wouldn't have gone gone that way. But again, I'm not a detective, so right. I can't. Yeah. So I'm not. Again, I'm not criticized. Like I said, I think you get results. You know. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. I understand that. In order for me to find information out. I can't be emotional as far as these. I have to ask difficult questions. It's just part of the job. Oh, yeah. I'm just, uh, all I was doing was more or less reporting why she was acting the way she was. Again, I'm not criticizing you. Well, I think we don't have to pursue that any longer, but I do right. think that that might be the case that she was adopted. That would be the, I, it's the one thing I could think of that would upset me if that was oh. a very sensitive subject. It's possible. Uh, can I do a psychology role on that? To, to, well, it's not really important unless well, it, there, it, there, there you go, Hall. That's that's a, a victory for logic. There, you definitely worked out how to upset her. But 
the, the main oh, thing. I had no it. intention of upsetting her. You were trying to get information. I, I, I totally understand, um, Hulk. Very again, simple information. Yeah, I'm, I, again, I'm not criticizing you. All I I'm didn't saying, ask her if she murdered her brother. Now, that would have been different. <laughs> that's next episode. Well, it would have been a valid question because that's also a question that you asked to see if the person how uh, fond to it. True. That's a very, sim- a very simplistic approach to investigating crime, I would say. Did yeah. you do it? Yes. Problem solved. <laughs> you should have tried yes. it. You'd be surprised any- how often that works. Does it? I was about to ask you, how, how often will somebody just confess as, you know... It's not that it's almost never would they say yes, but it's the way they say no. Uh, you did, you just pull important. it on them at the last minute. Oh, by the way, did you do it? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, damn. <laughs> Is that not what Columbo does? <laughs> Who's this Columbo? One last thing. Did you one, do one last thing. You did that very well last week, by the way. All right. So, so we're, to, we're, uh, we're heading back to... We're at the hotel now, yeah? <laughs> Yeah, you had a 30-minute conversation of yelling at Hawk and Hawk yelling at you guys and just the back and forth. So you pulled up to the hotel. Did you find well, any alcohol before? Because I really <laughs> right. No, there was no alcohol in the room. Oh, God, yeah, that was, that, that I'm was going to have to drink liniment again. You um, know, <laughs> I bet you the guys down at the supermarket would... Uh, so, I possibly can... Fix you up there, Felix. Tommy, give me an intelligence roll. You pulled up in front of the hotel. They're talking about alcohol. Give me an intelligence roll. 81 out of 70. Thompson. Concierge might have a... Yes. <laughs> Why don't you give me an intelligence roll? Oh, my God. Why? Felix, why don't you give me an intelligence roll? We're going to go down the list. Oh, 47 out of 70. You know what place would have alcohol? A jazz club. A jazz club would. Oh. Maybe the Irish. What about that jazz club? We ever looked that up in the phone book, see if it's here? Nope, you never looked it up. Can, concierge can I can I make an intelli- can I make an intelligence roll or whatever it is to maybe know if I know of the place? Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, you live in New York. Wouldn't you have said something to us before now? <laughs> you had to remember it. Yes. Just give me a second, I'll just check. Uh, I did pass, so. Okay. Um, you know of several jazz clubs, but a specific one, I don't think you frequent jazz clubs, do you? No, not really. Yeah, so it's just like, ah, it could be a, like any number of jazz clubs. Um, but um, Hawk did, does bring up a good point. The concierge may know, and if not, there's always a phone book. Okay. Well, and he probably has a phone book, so if he doesn't know, he'll just get the phone book. Exactly. So, um, you walk into the lobby, I, I, I guess. Um, 
What would you like to do? There's a concierge behind the desk. Bonsoir. And he kind of raises an eyebrow and says, what's that? Yeah, I don't say it in French. I don't speak French. Hey, concierge. How you doing, buddy? And he's, he's got a very thick New Jersey accent. He says, what can I do you for? We got a, we got a hankering for uh, some nice hot jazz. Have you ever heard of a place called the Idol Jazz? What was it? Rats. I had it written down in my other notes. I think it, it's the Idol Jazz Club. The Idol Jazz Club? Um, I think so. N- no. And he no. reaches down and he pulls out a, a phone book. And he starts slipping through. And he goes, all right, let's see here. Um, Idols Jazz Club. Oh, Idols Jazz Alley. Here we go. Yeah, it's, uh, it says here it's uh, up in the Garment District. It's just past uh, Times Square. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's 70th Street. Yeah, it's right out here. And he just writes down an address on a, on a notepad. And he rips the paper off and he hands it to you. And he says, yeah, yeah, you know. You guys, uh, and he kind of—he's uh, young. He's like twenty-three, and he kind of goes, oh, "You guys looking for the uh, the old?" And he just does this. Um. Yeah. <laughs> oh, us young people from two thousands don't know that this is alcohol. Oh yes, we do. Come on. Um. I was being funny. It not wasn't. very, not very. Yeah, it wasn't very. Good. Uh, uh, no. Okay. So, um, yeah. He goes. He goes. Water. <laughs> you, you guys are going for that water. Uh, no. Um, okay. So you guys have the address in your hand. So Idol Jazz Club is in Manhattan. Um, you want to head there now? What time is it? Uh, it's about n- nine. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's really high. <laughs> I can go really high. Oh god, that hurt. I can go really low and I can go really high. That was physically painful. <laughs> I'll do it again in the next episode. My uh I'll tell you what guys, I'm kind of fatigued. I think I'm going to stay here. Why don't you guys go to the jazz club? Okay. I think I'm Yeah. Okay. Who else would who else would like to stay at the hotel? No one? New York, New York City Jazz Club. I definitely want to see what this is all about. All right. I don't, I don't think William's ever been to a jazz club, so this is another new experience for him. Going to be uh, the on the edge stuff. There are going to be people singing, drinking alcohol, maybe even smoking cigarettes. Be prepared. This will be book worthy. All right. So you leave, it should be fun. You leave Hawk behind. Before we go to Idol's Jazz Bar, uh, at Jazz Alley, uh, Hawk, do you want to do anything hmm. in the interim? Or do you want me I'm to... I'm going to investigate them? all of their parents' names. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to go upstairs. All right. You go upstairs, you're going to sleep. That's Although, fine. I, actually, I'm going to ask the concierge if there's any alcohol available in the hotel. And he kind of uh, looks around and he says, uh, 
What room are you in? Um, uh, fourth floor. You should know what room I'm in. You got the thing right there. <laughs> well, he gotta, he's got to pull out a book. Yeah. Um, he goes, uh, there'll be a Coke bottle waiting for you. Just uh, wait Thanks. for the knock. Thanks. And he kind of winks. Um, all right. Idols Jazz Alley. So you guys go to the garment district. Does that do any of you know what the garment district is like? Are there lots of um, garment businesses there? <laughs> yes. There are lots of tailor shops, lots of textile sh- shops. Like that's like the whole. Oh, yeah. I've got an, I've got an uncle who's got a place down there. Oh, okay. My, yeah. My uncle Jaime. Um, so what the address says is, um, it, 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 it gives an address like a building, but Idol's Jazz Alley is literally like the entrance is in an alleyway. It is between a Chinese like knockoff garment shop and then a textiles mill. Um, so it's literally like wedged in an alleyway and you can see that people are kind of lined up. There's a neon sign that's, um, that's going off and it says idols. Um, I-D-L-E-S, like idling. Um, and, uh, and there's people kind of just waiting to go inside. Um, they're, they're, they're talking to the bouncer um, who's letting them all in um, as the song ends. And so you can hear clapping as he opens the door and people kind of go inside. Hey, this place looks like the real deal. Shall we all go in then? <laughs> yes, let's go in. All right. Okay, let's do that then. Who approaches the bouncer? Oh, I will. And I, I will go kind of right behind you there, Felix. Um, and he's a big, he's a he, he he's a big black guy. Um, and he's just standing there, uh, button-up shirt, sleeves rolled up, arms crossed. Uh, and he says, uh, what can I do you guys for? You heading inside? Yes, please. All right. Uh, he points to the door and he says, when you go inside, there's going to be someone there to take your coats. All right. Uh, leave your wallet with you, but take everything else out. Put them in the jacket. Jackets go behind the bar, you know, just in case uh, you guys want to get rowdy or something like that. No one can flash a piece. Oh, un- understood. And he nods and he says, all right. And he pushes open the door and you can hear uh, people kind of talking between the song. Um, and there is like a little wait area and you can see that there is uh, a gentleman standing there um, and he kind of smiles and nods uh, before you guys enter. Um, and he, he kind of holds out his arms and says, coats, gentlemen? I hand them my coat and everything in it. Okay. Give my hat and coat. All right. Oh, you're, every, every, pretty much everything I'm carrying is in is in my uh, fanciful waistcoat. A few okay. doves doves fly out your jacket. It is, it is a magician's <laughs> waistcoat that I'm wearing, so it has got lots and lots and lots and lots of pockets. William realizes he's still got his boomerang, so he kind of sticks that on the inside of his jacket and hands it over. <laughs> oh. Okay, um, so you guys enter in inside. Then you, you give everything um, that you have. And you walk inside very low. It's literally like you walk inside and you're just hit by like cigar and cigarette smoke. Like it's difficult to see. 
so many people are smoking. Well, this, um, is, this is the real deal, this place, isn't it? The cigarettes the cigar yes, hanging in the air like Portuguese crockery. And what you're seeing is um, it's a very small little, little bar. Um, wood tables, around wood tables are all situated around a stage. There is a spotlight on the stage. A single mic sticks up. You're going to see that off to the side of the stage, there are, uh, there's a piano and then three uh, other musicians there. Um, and they're just kind of idling around, waiting, idling, um, waiting for the singer to come back out on stage. And there is a bar. Um, and that bar is kind of a makeshift bar. It's made from uh, like a bureau in the back and then a dresser. All right. What do you guys want to do? I'm going to get myself a whiskey. Yeah, I'm going to be cool up to. All right. Music. Uh, no music yet. That begins a little later. Um, but you guys go up to the bar. So Felix is going up to the bar. Fowler's going up to the bar. What about Tommy, Thompson, and, uh, and William? Imagine we all are. You're all going up to the bar. That's fine. All right, so you guys go up to the bar. Um, there is uh, there, there, there's a gentleman there. He's kind of washing a glass. He puts it down on the counter. He says, all right, what can I get you guys? Can I, Whiskey. Can I get some salt and I kind of, you know, seltzer and I kind of wink at him kind of? He looks at you, Fowler, and he says, you're in a bar. And he points and he says, there's alcohol here. You don't need to wink. Are you cops? Are you a cop? No. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. You said whiskey, and he points to Felix. Yep. Preference? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Something and, that wasn't made in a bathtub. And he, and he kind of nods, and, uh, and he looks at the other t uh, three, and he says, and you guys? Same. Same. Yeah, I guess I'll have this. And he looks at you. The good stuff, you know, the Belgian stuff. And he looks at uh, at you, Tommy. He says, "Are you sure you should be drinking whiskey, kid?" After tonight, yes. What about you? Let the kid drink. And he, let, and he, and he nods at the at William and says, "What about you, college kid?" I'll have the same as Tommy here, because mm. he's my best friend. Hang on to your hat, there, William. And he puts uh, four glasses down, and he puts a, a, another glass off to the side um, for Dexter. Um, and he's pouring uh, the whiskey and into each of the glasses. And he looks, um, and he kind of gives an eye to you guys, and he says, on the rocks? No. As it comes. All right. Yep. On the rocks no. for me. And no. he says, Just, no, give me uh and he, and he kind of chuckles and says, good, because I already started pouring. All right. And he then looks at you, Fowler, and he takes uh, a bottle of uh, fizzy water, and he twists it, and he pours it into a glass and says, so four whiskeys and a seltzer. And he kind of pushes it over to, to and a club soda, and he pushes it over to you, Fowler. He says, and that is, is that it? I, I say well, we were hoping to meet a friend here uh, recently, but we've not seen him for a few days. And I, I describe Arthur uh, well, without the blood and the gore 
describe him. Yeah, you, what, you, what you saw liked. a picture. You saw a picture and, uh, of him. Uh, and I, We're looking I, for a guy who's actually... He's got no eyeballs. Do you, you recognize him? All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I see the name Arthur and see he was coming to the club and he, it was him that recommended it. So can I come away with some story too? And, and, and the bartender, he, he nods and he goes, yeah, I, I remember that guy. Uh, he showed up uh, uh, one night a couple weeks ago and then he'd come basically every night for about a week. Um, all of a sudden he stopped though. I hadn't seen him in a while, about a week and a half, maybe just a week. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I, I, I recognize the guy you're talking He was a little uh, weird. Yeah, yeah. He's a bit strange sometimes. But uh, he was saying that he was supposed to be coming to meet somebody. Was he meeting somebody here or was he just on his own? Meet some? No, he, was, he sat alone. I mean, alone, if you know. And I'm, I'm getting that. You know him. Alone with female company. Alone. And he kind of raises an eyebrow and says, well, the guy was crazy. It was batshit, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's him. That's the one. He was supposed to meet us here, but we've not seen him, so. He knows and he says, hold on. Let me do a roll really. Yeah, okay. He leans forward and says, you don't really know him. Do you? And he nods and he goes, are you cops? And he says that in the most authoritative voice he can muster. He's a big guy. Uh, I say, no, we were actually looking for his brother who's missing and the family's really worried for him. So nothing to do with the police. Well, uh, a guy you're talking about, he was clearly batshit crazy. He yeah. was, uh, he, he, he'd, uh, he'd sit at a table over there and he points at a corner of the room. And uh, as the music was playing, he was talking yeah, to himself. Tim's... Yeah. And then when the music stopped, he'd go like this. Hmm. At one point, uh, I saw him taking the, the, the napkins we put on the table you know, in case something spills, and he's shoving it in his ears. Oh. We knew, we knew he was crazy, but we didn't know he was that bad. Well, I mean, and of course, you know, I, I saw him at one point, you know, doing doing this. Mm. When he was coming in, I take it the last time he came in, he was probably the worst. Yeah. You look yeah. like shit. You look like you haven't been sleeping. Did he ever say anything to you when he was here just that might help us find his brother? No, not... Uh, he didn't say anything. He didn't order anything. He would just enter, sit at the table, and he'd plug his ears until the music started. When the music started, he'd unplug. And at some points, he didn't talk, but there were other points where he was, like, talking with someone who was, like, next to him. There was no one there, though. He was just talking to some... The wall... And so the music would play, he'd be okay, but then the music would die down. We're on a break right now, you see how it is. It's not too loud, but as soon as that, as soon as that happened, ears are plugged, like it's too loud. It's not that loud in here now, is it? And he kind of looks around the room. 
Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, you can hear me talking to you right here. It's not like the, when the music's playing. When the music's playing, you can't hear anything. Yeah, other it's than stuff, the music. It's stuff going on in there, you know. Did you Did you have any overhear anything that he was saying when he was no. talking to himself? He was way across the the room. I couldn't hear anything. Besides, I, I. You You have any weight staff that might have walked around and might have heard something he might have said and came back to you and said, hey, this guy is really batshit crazy, as you put it. Well, I mean, said, you know, he's saying this. We, I, I, I talked to some of the people around here. Misty, one of our, our waitresses, she wouldn't go near him. Most of them wouldn't go near him. He was talking to himself. He was acting batshit crazy. Like I said, he took the napkins and shoved them in his ears. You know, and he's off in the corner. People are looking at him. People are scared of him. There was a ring of uh, of tables surrounding him. No one would sit by him because he's just muttering, just talking to himself. So no one talked to him, and he didn't order anything. So why serve him? Hmm. He'd sit there. He would sit there from opening until closing. We close at four a.m. We open at nine. He'd sit here, open to close, muttering to himself. But like when we do last call. You put five on the table, walk out. Hmm. Oh, well, thanks for your help. So as we say, we're just looking for his brother. Um, William, William gives him a tip and gives him, say, get a drink for yourself. You know, thanks very much. Yeah, well, after talking about that guy, I'm going to need it. All right. So what are you guys doing now? Well, we're drinking. Yeah. And we're, I'm, I'm going to have a look around while, while we're drinking. Have we been followed? Um, give me a spot hidden. Nope. Yeah. No, there's a lot of people in here, and it's very, very musky with the cigar smoke. Hmm. All right. Well, if you can't beat him, join him. I'm going to light a cigarette and uh, take a sip of my whiskey and um, settle in for a while, okay. I think. All right. We have a few minutes if you guys want to discuss before we sign off. So did that guy say that he was stuffing um, napkins in his ears? Yeah. Yep. Well, I guess um, that explains what all those torn up bits of towel were. So the the voices same thing in the in the hotel room, stuffing bits of towel in his ears. Perhaps. Well, we do. Well, at least when he called me, he was yelling about. You know, I guess he was the voices that he was hearing. Now. And maybe Actually, perhaps the yes. perhaps, when yeah. when I spoke to him on the phone, he uh, on the telephone as we call it in 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 this period of time, um, he said uh, something very similar. He was mm. he was he was shouting that. So, he was hearing voices. Wow, he was. Um, yeah. It looks like I, I I may have been wrong about that being a murder. I think that could well have been suicide. It sounds like he was uh, yeah. pretty far gone. 
But the, the way the bartender explained it, obviously, it was like constant because he needed this other noise, the music and other things. To, to drown it out. Yeah. Drown it out. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Well, that makes sense why I would be here every single yeah. night. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing this jazz music. Yeah. Should be good. And with that, we'll end. The, 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 the woman comes up on stage and she says, how's everyone doing tonight? And as the lights dim, we end our episode. Mm. Cool. All right. And our players included Mick Swan, Jeff Wilkins, Corey Heistead, Ken Trench, Wayne Worthy, and myself with Thomas McKeon as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel, and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows, and leave us some comments. We love reading them. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming. Thank you.